Bat Force Radio. Bat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, it's Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Let me start with our panel this evening uh, before we introduce our guests of honor. We have uh, Grandpa Batman from Dallas, Texas. hey We got Romandy Cross in Canada. Hello. We have a returning guest. Uh, you've seen his work on television and films, including uh, Arrowverse show, The Flash, uh, the big crisis event they had. Also, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, when studios need tips for info for Keaton suits, they come to this man, Mr. Reeve FX. Hello. And uh, I I was just mentioning off air, but we have such a treat for our listeners today. Uh, if you, like us, are massive fans of the Batman character and find yourself or found yourself enchanted and charmed and blown away by the 1989 film, uh, it's in part because of this man's work. He was an instrumental part of the creation of the Batman you see on screen against Jack Nicholson's Joker. He has been mentioned in countless documentaries. He was the only other performer aside from Keaton to be photographed by Herb Ritz in the promotional shots of the 89 film. He's the perfecter and the originator of the hero turn, Mr. Carl Newman. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I was just saying... Um, I don't think I'd ever, as a kid, seeing this film and uh, the impact it would have on my life, never thought I'd find myself uh, speaking to you. So I want to you know, give a big shout out to uh, Reeves uh, for that, uh, for putting this together. It wouldn't have been able to happen without him. He is probably the biggest uh, Batman, Michael Keaton, 1989 fan I know personally. Um, he's done the <laughs> I mean, you've probably had conversations or maybe you'll hear of uh, the extent that he's gone to uh, love this character, but um, let's just start at the beginning, if you don't mind, yes, Carl. Um, absolutely. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, your upbringing, your training. What What is your background? How did you find yourself um, up until the big moment of being involved in this project? Well, I was a guy, young guy growing up. I was very fortunate to grow up around nature, and uh, both my parents uh, immersed me in fantastic music, Nat King Cole, all these wonderful things and I love the, the, the movies um, I was also a drummer believe it or not I played the drums I loved music very much and alongside that I was keeping very fit so my late father he was very into fitness he taught me he showed me he said look do weight training keep yourself fit enjoy sport which I did I ended up doing some athletics. I was good at sprinting and long jump. And I uh, performed for, competed for two athletic clubs in my home county, which is Leicestershire. Um, all these things were great. And believe it or not, I enjoyed the Batman series, the camp Batman series. So it's really kind of iconic that I would get to be involved in, in the 1989 Batman. But 
what had happened was alongside the drums, I started to play drums for a dancing school and they saw me dance and they said, you should do more of this. So it was great because it was pretty much all girls. So I loved it, you know, all these pretty oh, girls. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was great. So I was doing some modern jazz with them. And then another guy who was there, he his sisters were actually training there. But he said, Carl, there's this other great school I go to, which it's it's free. It's a county school of ballet. And I thought, how fantastic. So I enrolled at this school. And would you believe we had teachers that were ex-Royal Ballet or Rombert Ballet, which are two obviously very well-known ballet companies in England. And I went along and it was absolutely wonderful. So I started doing contemporary ballet and some classical ballet as well. So that was just something so fantastic. We were doing festivals. We were the first um, city to host the National Festival of Youth Dance. Uh, and that was in Leicestershire, and we did that around the De Montfort campus. Um, great thing about that was that we were having classes with professional dancers. We were interacting together with other dance companies from all around the, the UK. And alongside this time, some of my friends that were, were taking these classes at the Leicestershire County School, they were going off and auditioning for places like London Contemporary, Bally Rombert, and I was dragging my heels a bit, really. I was still sort of toying with going into the profession. But then I finally decided, you know what, this is something I absolutely love. I want to do this as a career. So I auditioned for a, a top um, theatre uh, college called Lane Theatre Arts in, in a place called Epsom, where they have, have the Epsom Derby race uh, competition. But I, I ended up auditioning there, and they accepted me. And I did three years in all facets of, of dance. So I did classical ballet, I did pas de deux, jazz, tap, national, you name it. It was all there. So that that was incredible to do that uh, full time. Um, you know, I was doing it as a hobby before. And there was not many guys doing it. So it was, again, like the Billy Elliot thing, in a sense, that uh, we had more of a light shone on us, you know, being uh, one of few guys if you like doing this training but then I did the three years training went out and it was a case of then getting your equity card and the college was very good in the sense that they allowed you to go off and do certain productions because they then thought you know what you've got some experience you can get some weeks toward your equity card it's good for us because we can then say well so and so has been in this production or whatever and I carried on like that. When I'd finished my training, as I say, I got involved in all facets of the media. And then I'm pretty sure in saying this, the, the first dance agency in London called Dancers, um, I was on their books and they said, Carl, we've got this amazing thing coming up, this project, it's the Batman movie. Will you go to Pinewood Studios and meet Derek Cracknell? who was the first assistant director to Tim. So I went along, met Derek. It seemed to go very well, but I didn't hear anything for some time after that. Mm. And I was sharing gigs with um, a group of students who were also doing their training. And then I got that gorgeous phone call one evening. Carl, will you come 
back to Pinewood and put the suit on for us and show us oh, what wow. you can do. Yeah. So, and I must tell you about that experience in a moment. But that that was just incredible because I'd been doing a lot of TV, theatre. Um, we did things uh, where we travelled over to Europe and, and they it was very much in Germany where we might launch a car um, and we put on a big extravaganza. So I had a nice body of work, but you can imagine to, to get this call, what a moment that was. The atmosphere at the time, what was your understanding of the direction of this film prior to you actually being able to visit the set or talk to anyone involved? Did you have an understanding of what it might be? Did you assume that it was maybe just kind of a camp thing or what was your understanding of it? I didn't really get a, a huge understanding, Tom, to be honest with you. I mean, the funny thing was I was at Pinewood um, just in the early stages of filming. I think I was doing, you know, dancers can do pretty much anything in regards to a, a, a genre, a type of dance. So I think I was hired as a, a well-known actor in, in London, England called Robert Lindsay. And I, I'm pretty sure I was doing um, a sort of a, a ballroom type sequence in couples for, for a film that he did at Pinewood. Uh, and we just happened to be knocking around and um, they were saying about the Batman movie. And I think someone had said they'd seen Jerry Hall or something like that. But really, my agent, normally agents are very good on the brief and, and they will tell you more. But it was very brief, my my introduction. I think they just said, oh, they're planning to do the movie in England at Pinewood because it's so well known for its special effects and its history of filming. Um, and they didn't give me a huge amount. So really, it, I was quite blind in that sense going into it. it. It was more the fact that when I got there, it was really that heat was, was turned on me because I went into the wardrobe department and met you know, you will know Vin Burnham and, and uh, these guys, William Todd Jones and Dave Murch, uh, who I think have continued, you know, with, with some of those, uh, the Keaton ones, certainly. But they just got me all kitted up. And it was a case of I was running up and down corridors initially because I had to be wait, had to wait to be called onto the back lot you know, which was the recreation, as we know, of Gotham City. Wow. So really, I, I was, what I was thinking very much was that I was very fortunate that my parents, well, especially my father, I mean, my parents gave me a good sort of athletic build. I knew I could fill out the suit well. And I was getting complimented by them in the wardrobe saying, you've got a good jowl there, if, if, if chin, you know, got a good strong chin and that... <laughs> You know, whilst we know that Michael, you know, it wasn't for him. He 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 was great. He's great. Anyway, such a terrific actor. But I think the fact I could look right in the costume was very much a blessing because, you know, it, it adds to it, doesn't it, with these shots and things that it's going to work. And um, I just thought, but I, mean, I wasn't getting it above myself because there was a, another guy, an American guy, funny enough, who was also in the mix. And I'd worked with him on, on another movie with, with Ballroom. But I just felt quietly confident, let's put it that way, because I think I just felt my build and my look would, would help with what was required. And then once I was called onto the back lot and Tim, Tim said, right, let's see what you can do. And I was just throwing myself around and running and jumping and doing what I possibly could. 
in that moment. Um, and then I just waited on the sideline, really. And then he tapped me on the shoulder, so, shoulder and said, we'd like you to stay. Wow. So that was surreal. I was like, because what I've, what I've realized in life is if, if you want things too bad, I'm sure you know this, you can repel it, can't you? Mm. You, you can have the, a desperation about you. But I think with me, I was just, I'd become introverted in the self that I felt, I felt just right. And I thought, I'm not going to be noisy or, or show everything in my face. I'm just going to do what's required. Just be quiet. Just sit back. As I say, I just waited on the sidelines. Uh, and that's when they, they tapped me on the shoulder and said, we'd like you to stay. So, that was my so everyone has seen how in Batman 89 and in Batman Returns, Michael Keaton does you know the, the classic flowing cape turn when he has to you know turn and, and walk off vigilantly in, in whatever direction he's going to go. And I remember years ago seeing a video of uh, the actor Chris Lee. He was talking about how to how to turn in a cape so it looks you know dramatic. You, know, you kind of do like a turn in the other direction and then sweep back the other way and it makes the, the cape spin out. Uh, was this all you on the set that was teaching Michael how to do this stuff? You know, were we giving him some tutorial on, on good cape mechanics for, for those dramatic movements? I think with regard to that as well, I, I'm very much a perfectionist. And I think this was my, if you like, my moment of glory to be given this opportunity because I always felt I was a bit of a maverick, really, as a, as a dancer. You know, there were certain people that would follow certain routes but with me I was always very different and what I think helped me was was the fact yes I was working with with Todd uh, on some movement but I'd like to feel that I brought in this athleticism and, and other elements if you like because I know really that the reason they chose a ballet dancer a dancer was they, they were just missing that very much from the mix. They've got a brilliant actor in Michael who was very much, you know, you could see he was really thinking behind it. He was a cerebral actor, you know, behind his eyes. And Sean McCabe, who started off uh, initially, um, he, he was great at the rough and tumble, but they, they really missed that elegance uh, and that fluidity, if you like. So when... When I did that scene, which was on the Axis Chemical Company, I think it, it was just a moment for me where I brought so many things into play. You know, I, I played cricket. Um, so I, I measured my, my, say my runner, which it was really in a sense, because Peter McDonald, the second unit director, I mean, they didn't really awful to say they didn't really care about my safety there was no safety measures <laughs> <laughs> you know, there i was on i climbed up to to axis chemical rooftop and as you can imagine there was the neon sign there so there was cables everywhere there was the dry ice machine not only that but it was windy the wind was behind me it was quite damp on that roof and and peter was there with his megaphone Right, Batty, can you run right to the edge of, of the uh, of the building, to the rooftop, and I want you to give me a really beautiful the theatrical sort of swirl, you know, with your cape, you know, stop a moment, do that swirl, and then sort of run off again. But 
me being me, and, and you would anyway, just saving your life. But I, I measured my, my paces to where it was physically safe to stop on, on that rooftop. <laughs> and I could use this theatricality. And again, all, all other elements were coming into that. And I, I was I was I was really blown away when I saw it because it's something quite brief in a sense, but it's it's like me holding myself, you know where they do the bat signal. You know, you, you can tell I'd like to feel you can tell that's a dancer, you know, that's me, how I'm holding myself. It's it's very sort of pulled up with the head and, and the way the back and everything is lifted and, and erect in that sense, you know, to make it very elegant as Batman. And then you've got the cape just sort of blowing behind. And, and these were just moments where, you know, I, I could think, this is you, Carl, you know, you, you, you've been running, you've been jumping, but, you know, your deportment, which can be something that so many people can let go of, you know, it was something that was instilled in me, you know, my, my late father used to hold himself really well, not like a, a stick or anything or wooden, but just, you know, it was a thing, wasn't it? I think in the 1950s, you know, which was their era, which I, which I would have been born in some ways in, in that era. But, you know, the elegance and, and the kind of manners and all these wonderful things. But I think all those things came in, how I was brought up to, to hold myself straight and, yeah, just bring in these other flares, which were me. Mm. You know, just bringing those in, into the mix, and it it really explodes on screen. You know, because I think um, the the performance that you're kind of giving that ripples throughout the film is there's a darkness, there's a there's this sense of um, you know sinister. I mean, the the whole feel of the film is phenomenal. But just like you mentioned, the character of Batman is strong yet elegant and and like graceful you know and, and there's moments yes. when you're ascending steps and you swoosh the, the capes you know you you open the cape and it it opens behind you to ascend up the steps almost like the phantom of the opera i'm like oh my god this is just there's shots in this film that are operatic um and it, it explodes onto the screen um yes and, was, and you remember the scene tom um, well, you know, like on, on the initial shot where the, the, the family have been moped, haven't they? And that first shot of me just, just landing on the rooftop. I mean, oh that, you know, again, you sometimes, and I think Michael alluded how hard the first movie was, you know, it, you know, he, he realises how physical, I, I mean... It was so physical. There's no question about that suit because of its its uh, thickness and and uh, you know it was restricted. But you know even that first proper scene, if you like, where I'm landing about softening the knees and just making it like you said, you know, like this phantom, this this very soft, you know, like a a great big moth, you know, in a sense, landing and and just so elegant. It was so quiet and and that that take was done. Quite a lot, a lot really. Not from the fact I don't think I was fluffing it, but I think perfection is the thing as we know in movies, isn't it? And I think Tim just wanted to cover it from every angle with the mechanics of of the Kirby wise, you know, the the, the winching, flying me in, uh, and making sure everything else was working, the lighting. But yeah, I, I think that that makes me so proud because 
of those bringing those elements to to Batman, really. Yeah. Um, another thing that I love too, I think uh, there's photos of you, and we can get into this later with Reeves because I think a lot of them are his um, that he that he has now in his personal collection. But there's photos of you um, behind the scenes photos running, and it looks like uh, you're doing a technique with the cape. Uh, with with a run, kind of there's uh, I think the museum scene and scenes maybe on the streets. Um, what what was what was your approach to that? Because even even the even Batman's run, even Batman's stance, the cape is like it's it's just artistic the way that uh, you found a way to make the cape sing in those moments. That's really kind. I think. You know, there was there was rods in in the cape um, at times as well, and you know I think that there was another scene where I'd got sort of like some handles as well to help, you know, like a bird to to bring the the cape in. But yes, very much with the running, it's just it's holding that form. It's it's being able to keep that nice shape, almost like a a cord de bra that's in ballet. You know that they they keeping that shape in the arms, keeping that elegance and, and not letting it sort of take away from, from the other part of the body, you know, running. I mean, it, it, it's, I think dancers are so used to the different limbs and, and either working them in coordination unison or sometimes separating it in a way. Um, so I think I brought all that into to my mindset, you know, like in, in my ballet training, athletics just keeping that shape keeping that control because i mean ultimately i wish i'd done even more for michael not not for the fact that i don't think michael was great he was but i i just thought you know if i'd have got in even a bit earlier i just feel i could have brought something more in into some of the other sequences as well but nonetheless i was grateful for the amount that i did but yes it's it's having all those in your mindset about thinking of, of the shape and, and not jarring anything, not making, because I think I say the fluidity comes through the fact that I was not only a dancer, but I'd done running as well. And, and I'd done some things in television where they'd use elements of that as well, where I almost played like a James Bond character mm -hmm. in, in a particular TV show where I did the title sequence for that. So it's, it's those things, it's having that fluidity in the limbs and holding yourself that works so well. Now, was your costume modified anyway to allow you to have certain range of motion or was it exactly like the one Keaton wore? I believe it was exactly the same as Michael's, yeah. I believe it was the same, yes. And you got to wear Michael Air Jordans too? <laughs> oh, yes. <Your> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> another another pair yes definitely <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so that's something they mentioned in the in some of the documentaries where uh you guys were excited about the team was excited to wear those because they were so comfortable is that is that true that's very true yes <laughs> cool. and, and yes it's it's also that whole sequence of elements that that uh, and sean will know this you know all these elements that were put on prior to putting the suit on it was obviously a ritual wasn't it because you had the silks you know that i put on um and yeah you, as you say the nikes everything so it was all there to get into that um sequence but 
Another thing that was very, very interesting, and I'm sure your listeners will, will enjoy as well, is that um, Dave Merch, one of the wardrobe guys, had, had sort of said about me, he said, you know, you're, you're just so incredible, Carl, how, you know, in between tapes or, or waiting around, we know filming is is it's very long and, 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 you know, they have to get things so right, they have to do all the setups and things, but... I never once really moaned about anything. I didn't sort of, oh, I'm, I'm really hot. Can you take this cowl off? Or can you do this? Can you do that? And he'd worked, I think, on the Greystoke movie with the actors playing the chimpanzees who were fantastic. Oh my God. Um, but he said, you know, they, they would always like be ripping off their <laughs> costumes and this, that, and the other. And he said, but you just, and I think, yes, dancers are masochists, but I also was so. <laughs> In the zone, you know, I, I just, I mean, I lost, believe it or not, I think I lost over a stone on the movie and my oh. skin was in, was in pretty much hell by the end of it from all the chafing, from all the on and off with the costume and everything else. But you just you just take it all on board. It's, it's not a problem. But I think, you know, the, the focus, the, the, the dedication, which is, again, very much me, just just get on with it, do the best job that you possibly can, um, you know. Yeah. I, I just loved it. I just loved every minute of it. I now, have a question. Uh, Carl, were you brought in after they already started uh, yes, sure. shooting? Or were yes. you brought in before they started shooting? No, I was brought in after they started shooting. So the costume was already pretty much done, uh, tested on Michael, tested on uh, Sean McCabe. Um, yes. Now, at what point was David Lee brought in? I heard, because uh, I met him out here, and he said he was brought in later. He was actually an extra who could do, like, karate. And John wow. Peters saw him doing it and was like, hey, if we put you in a bat suit, could you do that? Um, Isn't that <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. That is incredible. He... He came in much later. I believe he was an extra in probably one of the crowd scenes. Yes. And they were they were not really happy with the initial fighting sequences. So they, they found out that he used to be also a bodyguard for mm -hmm. a, a glamour model in, in England um, who had a bit of a, a pop career as well, singing career. Yeah. Uh, he used to be her bodyguard. But alongside that, he, he was good at martial arts and uh, yeah he came in much much later i mean the f the crazy thing was um we were doing a photo shoot with her brits and i think they'd done some work with michael and then they were getting on to me and michael didn't know about sean initially he thought it, almost like another another batman you know it's just <laughs> unbelievable really but um yeah he certainly he certainly added to those fight sequences. He really did. So I think we got a lovely blend of everything there. And I think what gave me a lot of satisfaction was that in the bell tower sequence, you know, that, that scene where's the pursuing where the Joker's got Vicky. And I did quite a bit of that sequence coming out of the wreckage and then pushing the cathedral doors open and then going through and, and climbing up. But one of the best sequences for me and again, was not easy to do, was to actually push the trapdoor open and climb out, making it look very elegant, very seamless. And I did 
all of that and then the idea was I would be walking about for a while and then I would stop and I'd look behind me as I think one of the henchmen, the goons was about. But then um, Dave Lee would then carry on that fight sequence. And then I think Peter McDonald, who was directing that sequence, wanted Dave Lee to carry on from there. But, you know, he didn't have that elegance, that fluidity that, that I could yeah. bring. So... I can remember he said, that's what I was like, oh, get Carl back in now, quick, you know, just to sort of carry on. So, you know, there was things, as I say, Dave really made his, but but the elegance thing was my sort of forte, really. So I, I love the fact I could get back in there again and do more. So that was you in the bell tower that did that real quick turnaround and the cape kind of yeah. swivels around? Oh, yes, I love that. Really gorgeous. <laughs> I love that. Gorgeous. I love that. Gorgeous. You know, just you can imagine if you've got a full and the very first Batman, Sean knows this, the first Batman costume is really quite thick, that rubber. And with yep. the cowl on and everything with the, with the cape, you know, you were literally coming out of a very confined space where the trapdoor was. So I was literally crouched down in that space waiting for action so that I would fling that door open, but then come out. And it wouldn't look awkward. It wouldn't feel like someone was staggering to stand up or anything. Um, you know, and I was I was so proud of that because again, to make it look elegant and natural took took a lot of sort of you know effort and thought, you know, just, just to be conscious of what you were doing. I mean, it's just the simplest things like like when I jumped into the Batmobile when when um Vicky and Batman are, are leaving the Flugelheim Museum. I mean, just jumping into the Batmobile, but jumping in so that you, it was like you shoehorned yourself into the Batmobile. So there was no juddering. You didn't, I didn't sort of, sort of sit on a bit of my cape and it, it pulled, you know, it, it, it's, it, I, I was practicing it like a gymnast, actually. Just, I, I would, I would hold myself on the side of the Batmobile and then just sort of swivel my legs in so that I could get that real sort of flourish of, of, of uh, jumping in. And that you know, cockpit is not very big. Like, no. no. I've actually sat in one, and, uh, and I was shocked at how much non-room there is in it. Uh, so I could just imagine getting in, that, getting, in the, getting in that little cockpit with that suit on with the cape. Mm. Yeah. In, in the film, I I, I rewatched um, the last two days just to prepare and let the uh, and salivate for this interview, Carl. But, um, <laughs> uh, that that specific scene is so impressive. Just as you mentioned, when you get into this in the in the Batmobile, the thing I thought of was like the cape didn't snag, the cape didn't get caught. How, how did he do that? <laughs> no, even now I think. Even now I'm thinking, how did I do it? But I think again. With my perfectionate nature, I would just do things so, you know, try and do them meticulously where I went through, right, how can I, and, and I think it's that thing of, right, if I just swim my legs in and then with one hand, if I just kind of flick the cape back so that it's away from my body so that when with the momentum of, of lifting the legs over, it was kind of that combination of things that that happened and then the legs went in and then of course the cape 
seemed to be the last thing. So that, mm. like you said, there was no jarring, no snagging on that. And and just doing that, it 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 was so much in my mindset. I'm not saying. I don't know. It's, it's just me, you know, to be perfectionate, to, to put everything into that, to make it so right and to practice it. And then you think, right, that's working now. And then, you know, when you come to do it, it should hopefully not snag. And that was uh, a full length no. cape, not like some shortened stunt no. or anything like that. No, it was the full thing. Wow. So, um, <laughs> it, it was. It, it's and you're right, Sean. Um, I went on that wb tour that they take you and show you the batmobiles and and all this stuff and that cockpit is not not no. very large yeah well michael keaton isn't like a super tall guy he's like right. sort of rich height so the the cockpit especially you know where the seat is where the dashboard is and then where the the canopy closes it's a very confined space i have a friend it's of like mine who's putting one together yeah, it's like a race car cockpit. I mean, it is. Yeah. Yes. It is. I, I think you, you're so right. I think that there's a way almost, I think, with dancers that they, they'll contort their bodies or they'll just find a way to, you know, condense yourself, if you like, yeah. just to draw yourself in so that that literally was one swift movement where you were literally going in it was it was as though that whole cockpit uh, had had some lubrication because i just felt like I, I literally went in much quicker because of the momentum and the way i could if you like allow that to happen hmm. with, with was there the any movie. particular scene in the movie where you were in the suit uh that uh had to be redone over and over and over and over again uh any problematic See, like, like jumping into the Batmobile was that something that was, uh, you know, fairly not easy to do, but uh, didn't take a whole lot of takes. What was the scene that you felt needed? Like, you know, they're like, "Hey, we got, we need another one." Like, let's. Keep this going. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think um, one of the long. I mean, that didn't take too many takes. I'm pleased to say, I think one of the scenes was so. Penny on from when Batman lands initially on the roof with the muggers. Yeah. And then there's the scene where I literally then like bring the cape in like a bird, almost a prey or whatever, and then bring the cape back out and then jump off. Um, I remember that took quite a few times. I think again, because it was being shot, I was high up and then I was jumping down onto crash mats mm. but you know in order to get that lovely motion with the cape uh, and to keep you know getting a nice jump if you like that that took a few times but i think again a lot of it comes down to perfection and and getting what they really want which i, I felt again you know it, it happened fairly fairly quickly yeah. with, with most of what i did i don't think there was anything that took take after take after take um, i i know the, the the we had spoken about um a scene that was removed and uh, yes i would love to hear oh. you gotta tell them about the scene that they edited that is gonna make everyone so angry because i think this would have been so amazing if they kept it in it, it's so true sean i mean i was so hurt when this didn't happen there was the scene if we go back to where 
the, the camera sort of pans in, it goes up um, Gotham Cathedral. And, and the idea was that you've got the gargoyles, uh, which is fascinating. But then the idea was that if the audience were not sure and they thought, well, is that a gargoyle or, or is that Batman? That that was the premise of, of this one. Mm. So I was told to to assume this position, which again was very, very difficult because in full regalia, you know, to hold yourself in very much a, almost like a yoga dance position on the floor mm. was, was very, very difficult because you could look very awkward. You could look hunched and that kind of thing. But I just held this pose for what seemed like hours. There. <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally, I, I did just sort of like small movements with maybe just twisting my back slightly and then looking with my head. And they'd seen it in rushes. Um, Annie, who was the head of the wardrobe, she said, I've just seen it in, in rushes. God, it looks amazing. So I was absolutely stoked, you know, thinking this, oh, this is so good. This is the very first shot in the movie of Batman. And I was getting super excited. And then when I got to see it in the cast and crew screening, I could not believe that they'd used animation. Yeah. Because, it, as you know, it, it just looked so obvious. And yeah. I thought, why, why would they have done it? Because surely there wasn't a flaw um, because they would have picked that up in rushes, wouldn't they? Mm. I, I, I know exactly, like, it's sort of like there's a novelization of the book, or, or sorry, of the movie that came out before uh, the movie was released. And they describe it in, in the book. And I remember seeing it in the movie and seeing the little, like, you know, you hear the mom scream and then you see the top of the cathedral and then you see like a little cartoon shadow mm. drop out of sight. But yes. I have a bunch of uh, like, I think you even have the image where yes. you're, you're crouch. I actually have a negative of that. Um, wow. And I always wondered what it was. I thought it was from the ending. I'm like, oh, that must be, uh, that must be Michael waiting to go on uh, for the ending of the movie because it's the same cathedral. But I didn't yes. know that from the opening. Wow. No. No, that was very much the opening. And yeah. again, I think that would have just felt so fantastic because that, again, is very much a dancer's kind of domain of, you know, they will never really worry about holding something for four hours, whatever right. it takes to achieve that. And I think I just felt so happy with the position and I was very much in the zone, and I just thought, you know what, I'm able to hold myself, even though it's really sort of hurting or difficult, but just to hold it and then to make a, a really lovely minimal movement where there's like, wow, is that, that's Batman. Mm. And mm. just could not believe it. Um, and the lady who I met on the movie, sadly, she tragically got taken too young but she she was very much a, a big part of working with Vin Burnham on, on the costume and then I think she subsequently worked on other movies as well but she was with me when we went to the screening and she said why have they done that I, I just can't believe it because I remember you telling me what you'd done to achieve that shot and we shall never know but I, I do think it's such a shame I, yeah. I wish that they would release like they they've done DVD releases uh, of the movie, but 
I know there are there are well, especially where Jack is concerned, I know that there's multiple different takes that he's done. Tim has talked about it where um you know they would they would be shooting with him for that day and each take was different. So they sort of at the end of the day they're like, Well, which one do we like? Let's wow. pick the one we like. <laughs> um yes. I would love to see his alternate takes. And as much as I would love to see what like Batman scenes that they never use, that one included. That would be great to mm -hmm. add to um oh. I'm right with you there, Sean. I, I really am. I mean, I, I love that because, as we know, the, the things that were omitted, um, we, we'd love to see those alternate ones, wouldn't we? Yeah. So, Carl, what was uh, what was the difference, if any, between the stunt suits, you know, the, the ones that, that you wore and, like, the, the hero suits that, that Michael Keaton would wear for his shots? And did, did you ever wear his... The, the hero suits that he wore for those shots what was the situation with with the uh, the different suits that were used yes i would say that because obviously with michael it was very close that the, the shooting there um the close-ups that 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 suit would have to be very pristine whereas i think with the stunt guys yes they were still fantastic condition but they, they would have had more stresses because i know when i've looked at photographs of of my the suit i was wearing that there was very much stresses around the top of the legs and, and, and around the shoulders if you like so yes i would say they were different you know they, they were they were a very close match but michael's were much more pristine and uh, ours did have much more stresses and strains on definitely Definitely. Um, maybe, maybe the two of you, Carl and Sean, can talk to us about um, how you guys got uh, got acquainted and how you guys got to know each other. Because, like I said, Carl, um, I don't know if there's anyone else in the world that huh. has the collection and has gone through the lengths to acquire the collection from this specific film that uh, Mr. Sean Reeves has. Um, he's told us the stories before of of how he acquired the photographs that he has, some of which I think um, maybe you had not seen. But can you talk about how you guys got acquainted and some of the things that you've, you know, the stories that you exchanged? Well, we got very much acquainted, didn't we, Sean, through Facebook, wasn't it? Yes. And um, yeah, I've just been blown away with Sean's prowess and skill and his mm -hmm. skill and, and the way he's just renovated these the 89 costume and you know I, I just admire that so much i mean i i love people that are so dedicated so passionate uh, about these things and that's certainly really connected with me and then it was just really from there we, we were just kind of kept a thread if you like and, and then photographs i mean you can't believe this that i you know, I got I got some photographs from Warner Brothers uh, when Herb visited, but you know, one of those photographs, no disrespect, was with William Todd Jones, and he just assumed the same <laughs> pose as me. But it would have been nice nice to have had other shots of me because Herb was such an incredible photographer, such a lovely guy. I mean, he, I mean, this this is very interesting. This story where he got a fantastic assist, assistant, Mark Findlay, who, who was very much into to fitness. I think he, he had his own fitness channel in the States. And he, 
He'd been in the Madonna video, and of course Herb went into directing as well as photographer. But he, he was a smashing guy, and I mean, he he kind of basically invited me over to California. But he got the he was sort of setting the shot up, and then Herb came in and checked everything through. But he he just loved my um, poses, you know, because again I was a bit of dance but a bit of acting or just something a bit different the way I held my fingers near my mouth um you know a very sort of thoughtful powerful pose if you like so I know that uh Reeves has a, a large collection is there anything that he has in his collection that he's shown you that you actually hadn't seen yourself before like photos of yourself or photos of of what you were a part of that that were unknown to you um I only really got a couple of shots from Herb. It was it was so sad. But then when Sean said, I've got this one of you with the full width of the Batmobile, I sort of jumped up in the, the air about 10 feet and said, wow. And then he got another shot of me with a, a visitor, a fan, or whether he, he was doing something uh, about the film. I, I can't remember. But it was just fantastic to see things that you, you haven't seen before. Yeah. You know? I have, uh, like, uh, like, I mean, so much. Like, I have so much. <laughs> and here, here's, the, here's the problem I have, though. It's like, I, I could probably do, like, five books. Like, that's wow. how much, like, I have. But, um, it, it, like, that, that's also a lot of work. But uh, I, I, the Herb Rich shots that I have, um, they're pretty much all of Jack and Michael. But there were, yes. but there's two. There's actually another one. It's 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 very similar to the shot that I sent you, Carl. But it's just sort of, um, a like a like it's not a long shot. It's sort of like a sort of like a cropped shot. But it's 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 almost like a like the same uh, shot. What, yes. uh, I don't have that one scanned, but I, I'll scan that and and send it along. But I think oh, you'll okay. find that it's like similar. But I also remember being like. Uh, when I when I first got them, I'm like, that's not Michael. <laughs> this isn't Michael. <laughs> uh, well, I think, you know, you, you probably know the story, and, as you've said anyway, Tom, in, in the introduction, I think, very much, where I, I was the only sort of movement stunt guy to have, obviously, Michael had lots of publicity, quite rightly so. I mean, he's the main man. But, but what I loved was the fact that the press department said to me, right from the off car we'd like to use you have you a lot in the photography because we want to see how a dancer looks in the costume and there'll be various poses that you can do so there was david gamble as we know from life magazine where there was that shot um i anton first was on the batmobile i was standing on the police car i believe with the american flag and then there was a shot of me um, with Bob Ringwood and someone posing as Jack in the back cave. Mm -hmm. So that was fantastic for Life magazine. But then I found that people like Murray Close and other photographers were taking me off and saying, look, let's see how you look on, on the steps and do this. And it was fantastic. I, I just love that because, again, that was very much me loving that theatricality of the Batman and being able to say, well, look, you know, there's no way Michael's got the time or 
or wants to do all this, but <laughs> I'd like to do this because it, it just shows um, another angle, another side to things. And I saw a post on, on a Batman sort of side, which was me, my body on the steps of, uh, I'm sure, the cathedral, but that actually uh, photoshopped my face for, for Michael's, which yeah. was very <laughs> interesting. So, yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's so nice to be able to see, if you like, these different poses with the costume, with the set, uh, and just see what that does. So I've been looking at the photos of you on set in, in the suit, and one thing that I can't help but notice is you know, collector nerds like us know that when it comes to the 89 Keaton Batman figure, there are three different face variants. And the one thing that these photos really makes me notice is that one of those figures, one of those figure variants looks a lot more like you than it looks like Michael Keaton. And I'm going to officially right now dub that figure the Carl Batman figure. From, from here on it. forth, that's how it shall be known. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. Uh, do you know? Do you know if there are any of the suits that you? I mean, I don't know, Reeves, if you would even know this. Are there any of the suits that Carl wore that still no. exist? No. Oh man, nope. Carl, there you didn't steal like, one. You didn't take one home. There's, there's I made two. A <laughs> there's two left. And they're on a, a, a Michael body form. And okay. one of them just got retouched up so that it could be part of a, um, a Batman exhibit in Australia. They have oh, like okay. all the, they have all the Batman suits from all the other movies and they, 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 they fixed up one uh, so that it could be presentable. Cause they're just kind of falling apart. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. saw what they had a few summers ago um, when they, uh, when uh, you know, they, they, when Warner Brothers had uh, Ironhead sort of like uh, clean up, you know, the, the Keaton suits, what they had, uh, had yes. left. And uh, I mean, look, they, they didn't, um, they didn't necessarily think, you know, long-term with those yeah. suits. They were just kind of like, well, we'll just put them in our storage. But the nature of how those suits were put together at the time, um, you know, they, they, uh, they, they weren't built to last. They were built to be, you know, used. And then, oh, uh, you know, so that so they've sort of like fallen apart. But I actually got my hands on a suit um, that wasn't used in the movie. It was sort of had flaws in it, so I was able to take digital scans of it and molds off it. And so the the one that I'm sort of working on is quite authentic. But I'll be mm -hmm. using different oh. materials so that it'll have a longer life. You know what I mean? So it doesn't yes. break down as much. But I mean what you've done, Sean, is is incredible. It really is, I have to say. It's it's stunning. Thank you, sir. Um, it, it's a sort of a classic thing that, you know, actors and people who work on on films, TV shows, etc., you know, get to take something uh, with them, you know, some memento, like, you know, many Office fans know that John Krasinski stole the the Dunder Mifflin sign that's just outside the uh, the entrance uh, of the of the Dunder Mifflin office from the office. Did you have anything like that that you got to keep from from your time on the set? Any memento, you know, something that's that you still have and is still special to you? I mean, with with probably the listeners and you'll all 
find this interesting because I'm sure with you, Sean, you've got lots of memorabilia because you've got everything. But I didn't realise at the time Tim Burton gave a number of us a really nice sweatshirt with a very interesting design because we all know he was an animator, wasn't he, originally yep. with Walt Disney? And he gave a number of us a very nice sweatshirt with the, with a, a unique, his image of the Joker just in, in the corner. I just wish I'd kept it. Isn't it mad, you know, that you wear these things, you, you get caught up in the hype, you've done this fantastic, worked on this fantastic, incredible movie, and then I started wearing this sweatshirt, and I think I just must have worn it out, but it, it was just so incredible, this, this sweatshirt from him, and then, of course, we're getting the jacket from Jack, um, based on the goons jacket, but in black, that, that was just incredible to, to have some of these things uh, from, you know, very much your, your heroes, you know, I mean, he, mm -hmm. he was an actor I'd always admired. Um, and then, do you know about him penning the, the nickname for me? And, and Michael as well? I mean, no, this, was no, a no. Lovely, this was a lovely thing that... Um, he called me the ballet bat, bat ballet, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was gorgeous. I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. That was just so lovely that he, he said that. Do you have any, um, do, like, do you have any, uh, like, like, I mean, Jack Nicholson's Joker in that movie is so, like, iconic. Do you have any memories of, of like, how you felt seeing him in the makeup? Uh, yeah. Or, or getting to see him perform? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he he was someone, as we know, I mean, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the, these iconic movies, uh, The Shining, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he, he was someone that my family greatly admired. And then seeing him, you know, because I always, I always respect people anyway, and, and I, I'm not one of these that would go bounding in to someone's personal space and say, oh, hi, I'm Carl, I'm, I'm this, that, and the other. I think I approached him through his dresser at the time, and, and this was a particular party, but um, I, I respected him. But then when I got to see him on set and the way he just energised and illuminated during the takes, and I did quite a bit with him in the bell tower at the end, you know, the stalking kind of scene mm -hmm. uh, at, at at the end and I mean he, he was so so wonderful really he, he really was a, a tremendous guy that uh, like you say with the makeup or just just the way he could hit those takes you know that he would nail it pretty much straight away he was just incredible mm -hmm. you know there's just that aura isn't there about certain people I mean it was weird you know I as we know, quite a bit's made in England and, and it's very influential. I remember being at a particular place in Chelsea, you know, a nice sort of trendy part of London, and um, Val Kilmer happened to be around there. And I don't know whether it was around perhaps the time of when he was being picked to, to do Batman, but, you know, there's different energies isn't there with actors and, and, and things like that but certainly um jack's energy was was fantastic and i thought michael was a fantastic guy as well to watch and he was so supportive and kim i mean kim didn't know who i was originally you know she, she well yeah that sounds awful but but you know i hadn't at that time 
done any scenes with her. And I've done some scenes in the Batcave with her. Um, but, you know, she, she was so lovely as well. She really was. Because I think mm. what happened was that, like we said earlier, that I came in later in the filming. So, you know, things are sort of in place, aren't they, with the cast there and, and different people. But then with me coming in later and you're not seeing certain actors at that time, possibly, they don't, well, they'll know when you're in the Batman costume, of course, but but, <laughs> but they, they don't always tweet that saying, hang on a minute, this is Carl, he, he's he's in for this. Um, mm. So it's, it's very interesting. It's very, very mm. interesting. When was, you, that, was that, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Was that actually Kim Basinger that did the, the jumping in the Batmobile scene with you, or was that a stunt double? No, that was actually her. Wow. Okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was her. Yes, I'm positive it was. Yes. When wow. you were doing scenes in the Batcave, um, were you there the day Prince was on set? Yeah, you know, this was an incredible thing that actually I was doing some shots in the Batwing. Oh and... God. Um, you know, some pickup shots really with all the controls and things like that. But he 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 came in and it was just mind-blowing because, again, he, he was such a phenomenally talented guy. And, again, I, I, I loved his music, his uh, virtuosity with all the different instruments that he could play. And I don't know whether the story went that we'd been out and I'd, I'd come in and I think that the crew were giving me a bit of a, a, a funny time, you know, but anyway, I came in and I was doing these shots and say, there was Prince and I just couldn't help myself. I wanted to just talk with him, but in a very natural sense as I would do. And I was just saying about the fact of how amazing everything was, you know, the sets were incredible. You can imagine the Batwing, they're being fixed on these kind of hydraulic system and, and the way they did things as they do on the movies. But he, he just didn't seem to want to say anything, so I respected that. But I, I was just so blown away by his presence there, really. Did you ever use the Batman voice when you're in character like a, oh, I'm Carl? <laughs> I should have done really. Yes. <laughs> I was just so enthused and um, I didn't really need to. Yes, I did. I think I did still have to wear the costume up to a point just so that with, with the gloves, you know, that uh, on the controls that they would keep the continuity going on that. But um yeah, it's just one of those things. I thought he might, because it was in a private space, he, he would take the time to, to have some conversation with me. But uh, it was just unfortunate, really. <laughs> How do you uh, keep all that secret after after a day of filming? You not just run home and tell all your mates and friends, I saw Prince today. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I think um, what was happening anyway was that during the filming, I was staying with these students anyway at this big house. And, and you know, with filming, you're going right through the night into the early hours of the morning or whatever it might be. And I just didn't see anybody to, to kind of, you know, tell them, hmm. you know, to have, have that fun, if you like. And, and that just seemed weird. But, um, yeah, and I think the thing as well just jumping forward a little bit with like the sequel. I mean, the thing was 
as you would probably understand that because so much money was spent on creating Gotham City at Pinewood, there was the talk that the sequel would be made there anyway. So I I didn't get ahead of myself when, when the movie wrapped. You know, we, we were physically exhausted. Uh, as I say, I lost quite a bit of weight and, and I wanted to, to have some time just to kind of recuperate it and rejuvenate but we, I, I really thought that it wouldn't be too long for the sequel to be made and so you know my agent didn't do anything and I I went up for a part on Judge Dredd and, and I went up on a, a part for Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut and other things were happening he got caught up in all that but it, it just I just heard too late when the when the sequel was, was going to be made, um, trying to make contact with Tim again. Um, but the way I heard it was that it was just the fact that I think Dave Lee and Phil Tan, um, John Peters got them over to do Tango and Cash. And I think, you know, Dave Lee just hung around the studios, I believe. And so it was a case that he, he got to work on the sequel, which I always, I'd love to have done that because I've always loved Michelle Pfeiffer and, and Danny DeVito as well. And to work with Tim again, it would have been fantastic. I mean, I must tell you this story, which everybody will find fascinating. We had the rap party at a very famous nightclub in, in London called Limelight. And Tim, you know, some directors can be non forthgoing forthcoming with with conversation they might just say hi and leave it at that but tim was so so lovely at that evening and he said i'd, I'd really like to thank you carl for your great contribution on on this movie and so i was i was really flattered by that and then we were talking a bit more and then he said have you ever worked in america and i said i hadn't and then someone came into the conversation and took that energy, that, that you know, impetus away, if you like. And so that moment was lost, almost like closing doors. Mm. And I just think what could have been, oh, you know, I'd love to have worked in the States, obviously. Yeah. And uh, you just don't know. But it, it seemed as though he was leading on to something by, by coming out with that. Mm. And I mean, I, don't you think that's lovely? Of, of, I mean, he's such a lovely guy, but, you know, some directors and people, they get caught up very much in the power of that. And it, it can be minimal conversation. They might not want to say too much, just say, oh, hi, or, or just pleasantries, really. But for him to be so lovely like that, I was really flattered. It was lovely. That's awesome. Do you have any just cool stories of, you know, any moments or... you? conversations that you had on set with you know whether it was michael keaton or or nicholson or or tim burton just any cool little moments you might have had that you know you've just remembered all these years uh well i think an, another bit of flattery because again i i was around them a lot but i think i always it, it was just a case of I always respected their privacy. And I think you can get a feel, can't you, when, when you're doing things. There might be a little bit more conversation when you're you're doing a take and then, and then you're just conversing together. 
Um, but I think what was what was really lovely was the lady I met on the movie who was so talented. Um, Jack was very much enamoured with her, so she always she, she did tease me at the time. She said, um, "Her mother said, well, why didn't you go for it?' Sort of thing, you know that that percentage in Jack Nicholson, you know. So that was really funny. They you really like my lady, you know, you like my girl. <laughs> no, I, I just, um, I just respected them. I just had some conversation where we were perhaps preparing for things, um, but you'd listen and, and you just felt you didn't want to overstep the mark. A, a lovely thing for me was in the Recorso assassination scene was that, one of the directors had asked me about getting the goons to do very over-the-top mime movements. So I took them into a mirrored studio. And I, it was very kind of cod as an expression, but I, I, I would take them in there and I would show them maybe pulling the rope and, and then just putting their hands to the side to pull themselves across or, you know, walking as though you're you know, like Marcel Marceau or like with an umbrella and the umbrella, as the wind comes in and the umbrella sort of takes you behind and then you, you're sort of going backwards, that kind of thing. So that, that moments like that were equally, you know, cherished moments because to go in and that was another facility I had, if you like, a bit of choreography. To, to make it stand out that I, I could show the guys and, and they just captured those movements. And, and as you know, from that scene, it, it, it's so over the top, but it works. In my mind, I picture you dressed in the Batman suit, doing that in the mirrored studio, teaching these guys how to do that. Is that, is that how it happened? Well, actually I was in sort of civvies in, in normal satellites. Oh. In <laughs> that would have been even more fun actually. But um, no, that, that was in my um, sort of uh, tracky stuff, really, my, my, my sort of leisure wear, if you like. But Did, um, did you ever just, ask him if you could be like an extra, a civilian extra in the, in the film? Uh, well, I, I just, does it sound, I'd demean it if, if I did that, because I, I just felt no. um, enamoured and, and just blown away to, to do... The, the movements, you know, because right. they, they they put me into a different category from Sean and Dave, you know, all the stunt guys and ladies were, were, were put into one category, which which is what you would expect, but they, they gave me a separate credit as a movement double, which I think w was perfect, but I did, I did verge very much on some of the stunt work anyway, because of that scene on the rooftop, which I could have killed myself, mm -hmm. uh, as, a, as I told you earlier, with no safety measures and very high up and, and getting so close to, to the edge. Uh, and then there were there were other times, you know, if you like, where you've got the the harness and, and the wires. But no, I, I, I just loved having that separate title, if you like, and, and yeah. just to have all the photography element as well and to do a bit of choreography. Well, what more can I wish for, really? You know, right. to work with... It's it's so incredible how, you know, Herb Ritz, I, I 
was just so in love with his photography and I'd been to his exhibition in London and then the next minute you're working with someone of his stature who's just so incredible and he's just so lovely with you and I mean he he thought I was like a young Mandy Patinkin you know from the <laughs> Princess Bride <laughs> so that was that was really sweet that he shared that with me but you know all all these elements together just gave me the full package um I, I just feel so so lucky to you know and I think it's this thing about less is more and quality over quantity that you know if, if I was given one movie um to have done that one was everything to me because it wow. was the very first one I've, I've been to see the Batman today funny enough this morning and uh, I know Sean's seen it. I don't know whether you've seen it Tom Gramps, but it's interesting, and you know that they can't make these things the same or have elements, and it's it's incredible what they've done. But you know that that the eighty nine still for me because it's got the humour, which there was none of that with the, with the, um, the Riddler was there in this new one. I mean, he was just a complete uh, you know <laughs> psycho, um, you know, and I know that. Uh, it's it's a different. It's very dark. It's very gritty. It's a, a, a noir, isn't it? Neo noir sort of movie. But um, you know, his suit is just so completely different. But you know, I just still, and I'm not just saying it because I was with it. But the '89, it just had everything. You know, the Prince soundtrack. You know, Danny Elfman. You know, all these elements. Just as, as you guys love. I think right. I think uh, it's you're right on with it, and for me, as someone, the way you mention it, they don't make it. The fact that they took it, they took you and put you. You were an individual who had a very specific role that highlighted the overall character, and there was many different versions of that for different parts of this film, where every detail was taken into consideration, and it, it had to be perfect, and. Um, there's, they just don't, they don't do that anymore. You know, there, there is no, there was no, uh, uh, movement double or dancer in this new film. There hasn't been, I'm sure for many of the other ones as well. And I think no. like what you mentioned, there's a certain charm to the 89 film because it does have, it does have what, what, you know, that, that theme and that, that grittiness. It's like a, but... it's like a Gothic fairy tale. Yes. yes. I, I feel like it still holds up. Yeah. Like generations can watch it and still mm. not. It, Timeless. And, and, and I think it's like, like I said, yes. like a fairy tale. Yeah. Uh, most, uh, most movies now look, audiences are a little bit more sophisticated. They're, they're like the studios change, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, a classic is still a classic no matter how many years go on. Uh, yes. And I think that the 89 and I'll even say over its sequel, because I, I feel like the charm of 89 oh. wasn't there for the sequel. I don't think no. so. Uh, no. I think Anton first sets and his design. I mean, he won the Oscar, you know. So yes. it's like, I feel like that element was sort of key. Even even uh, you know, I know they sort of like revamped the costume because there was more time and money to do it. But I feel like when you're not given the privilege of like having an a, an unlimited budget, it really forces you to use what you have and and make yes. it work. I mean, George Lucas is a prime example of that. He had like five cents to make Star Wars, you know, and he, <laughs> and he made and he 
you know, and he made something sort of like that, just like basically got copied and copied and copied and copied mm -hmm. or influenced, uh, you know, a, yes. a, a, a lot of people's thinking on how they make movies. So especially as someone who loves costume, um, I'm really uh, I, like, I feel like the first bat suit, like no one ever made one, you know what I mean? So they made it and, and, but they made it without thinking about how it would work. And to yes. Carl, you made it work. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, it, like I, I feel like Happy Accidents like yes. made that movie really, like kind of yeah. stand out. And I think that's why so many people have a fondness for it because, you know, it, it's you can it you can tell that it, you know, uh, like like it it's there's a character to it. You know what I mean? In the movie itself, that I feel like mm. is is like uh, there's a distinct standout branding to that yes. movie. That mm -hmm. I haven't really seen. It's even I mean, the other version yeah. is trying to do that, but but I I, but I, I freaking love yeah. uh, the, the the suit, the the the, the vibe, the style, oh, the color as well. Oh, oh my love God. it, yeah, love it. Know, I have a friend that's making that car. Like he's <laughs> really he's, he's oh. pulling a replica of it. Yeah, and uh, and I and I can't wait. So we're gonna kind of do a thing where I'll bring the suit. You know, um, Carl, if you're ever in the States, you want to put that suit I'd on love, again, I'd let me know. To, I'd <laughs> to, I really would. But I, yeah. I think you're, so, <laughs> you're so right because it's all these elements coming together, isn't it? You know, the, the fact that these originators, you know, the Anton first, the mm. Michael, you know, on Beetlejuice, Bob Ringwood, you know, the oh, designer yeah. that Tom Dune. Um, all these incredible things. And as you say, that, that was the very first suit. So you know, people can say, oh, well, it was rigid or it was thick or it was that. But yeah, I, I was fortunate that I could bring in my flair, if you like, to that. But yes, it, it's nothing more incredible than, than a first, is there? Because I think when you have too much time, and one of my things with this Batman today was that, you know, it's nearly three hours long. It's, it's very overindulgent and you know yes i mean it's had mixed reviews but i don't know i'm still i'm still very much i, I love modern stuff don't get me wrong but i'm still very much old school where i think you know the, there comes a point where it's very gratuitous mm -hmm. again and again and again and again and, and and you can you know i mean somebody said they didn't know it was Colin Farrell until they, they saw his name on it because he was mm. so heavily disguised. I mean, he was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. He was absolutely incredible. But then they said, well, why didn't they get a mobster that had the accent that sort of looked more like that? I don't know. There's all these theories, isn't there? But I thought he was brilliant. I thought uh, Catwoman was, was excellent as well. Um, but there can be an overindulgence and I know they've got to make it different and it's going on different premises as, as well. But I, I just love the humor and, and how Jack was in that 89. It, it just was incredible. It's come to a point for me, Carl, where, um, you know, what I've done because I'll, it, it, I'll drive myself crazy. When you ask me, oh, what's your favorite, what's your favorite, what's the best Batman film? What's your favorite? I always setting aside, I ha you have to put 89 aside because when I every film that I've seen since I've realized I it, no matter how good or whatever you throw at me I'm never going to love it as much. So yeah. 
Aside from 89, that's how I answer. Aside from 89, who's my favorite? Aside from 89, what's my favorite yeah. film? Because for me personally, there's just nothing that will ever encapsulate. It's lightning in a bottle is what happened. And everything that you both are saying, uh, Sean and Carl, it won't, they'll, they'll never be able to do it again. Because it's just, there was too many too many parts that went in to make the, perf- the perfection that it was. And um, it... It, it there's there's just no going back to recreating it and i don't think i don't think that an audience would an audience today would not understand or 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 appreciate everything that went into what that first one did i don't know if you could see carl but i have the uh, carl figure right here <laughs> the, uh, I love it. <laughs> the carl figure right there uh, on mint on card if you would um, but uh, i have one in the other room yeah um, you know, it's, to, to, it's funny because I'm hearing you speak and it's just making me smile and laugh that um, I was I had I was a month before three years old when I saw this film in the theater. My parents took me probably shouldn't have. It was pretty dark at the time, but I was oh, a month before my third birthday. And it's probably my first memory that I've ever had is going to see this movie in the theater in Hollywood, the Cinerama Dome. And I remember seeing the the symbol, the bat symbol being projected onto the um the curtain and that that is seared into my brain i close my eyes i could see that image perfectly you know sitting through the film um but more more than that is getting a cape and cowl uh for my birthday and literally sleeping in that because i was (laughs) batman and and i i think back now to being three years old carl swooping my cape and 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 swirling it around and looking down, you know, and with that poise, that uh, that pose that is yours, and it's so funny to me that um, there's there's people out here that um, they don't even know the impact that you've had on their lives, just with the way, you know, they enjoy film, but more so, you know, this is a connection to my parents. This is the first memory I have of being taken to a theater with my mom and my dad, so it's it's a it's a memory that I have of family. Um, the memories that I have wearing the cape and cowl and pretending and jumping and imagining and letting my imagination run wild, collecting the toys because it seeped into my DNA and I had to have them. Um, no. Surround. Look at my room. I mean, like surrounding my room with th- that can't happen. And it's it won't happen ever again. Is that they took the individuals who were phenomenal at the job that they did and they injected it into one thing, encompass encompassing multiple things, and so. That's the legacy that you leave with this character for many people, you know, and um, it's amazing to talk to you. It's really fun. I, I can't oh, believe that we beautiful. had the pleasure to do it. Oh, I'm so, I'm so just honored and, and blown away by hearing that. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, these have such an incredible impact, don't they, on, on your lives, as, as you've said. I, I think that's incredible if we can do that for, for one another. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's certain things that, I don't know if you know what you're doing when you're doing them. I don't know if you think about the impact of the footprint that you're leaving, but it really does say a lot about hard work and putting yourself into something just as you did with this film, because without knowing it, you were cementing yourself and you were cementing your work uh, for others and, you know, inspiring and encouraging. Um, and, it's th- you know, this is going to live on beyond us. And uh, it's it's really cool to think about that, uh, um you know, whatever you can find yourself, whatever it is in your life that you, you, you know, your work, like Sean is a great example of this. Like you just, you've turned, taken what you've seen as a kid and then you're turning it into what you do now as a, as a passion and, 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 uh, as work. 
I was um, I was 14 years old when uh, 89 came out. And wow. so I remember uh, at the time, a lot of older dudes were like, I was 14 when Star Wars came out. Changed my life. 89 Batman. I was already a Batman nerd at the time. <laughs> so it was like, uh, but there was no movie. So finally, no. when I found out there was a movie, all I knew was I'm like, I need that costume. I, I need that suit. <laughs> yes. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find that suit. And uh, here we are. That's incredible. Well, look where it's led to. I mean, I, I think it's just incredible, isn't it, really, when, when you have this, um, you know, in, in your life. And I think for me, I'd had the disappointment. I, I'd been getting very, very close to some major things, if you like. Uh, I know when you, John Landis, you know, that did those amazing things with Michael Jackson with the, the metamorphosis of, of the wolf, you know, and I... Yeah. Had gone up for something with a guy called Misha Begazi, who, who, funny enough, was a, an ex-ballet dancer, and he'd gone into to films as well. And I think there was the film was a Company of Wolves, if I'm not mistaken. But he, he, there was another project that um, he was working on, and and I, it was between me and another guy. And you know, you can have this in your life where I didn't sort of fit in to the set sort of thing with some of my colleagues and, and uh, in, in the dance world. And I've been getting some other good things where I, I gave it up to do something else and then that backfired. And so when you get something like the Batman, it, it, it's like, you know, you, you sort of praise the Lord almost in a way and think, well, it's just so amazing now <clears throat> because of my endeavours and my passion and my dedication, which I certainly had an awful lot of, that, as I say, if I, doing that w was everything to me because it's my favourite. I'm not just saying that, but it, it, everything came together. Tim, you know, all these incredible key ingredients. But, you know, like it's influenced you and it, it's more than influenced, it's, it's been your life. It, it's it's given me that that swelling of the heart and the pride and, and everything else, knowing that, you know what, all those other things could go. But to get this, it was like someone had tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know what, Carl, you're going to have this because you're the right person. And I could bring in those elements. And the fact, I wish I could have done even more, it doesn't even come into it because I think we the end of the day you had all these other key parts in that movie which were iconic you know just standing on that plinth you know with a bat signal all, all of the different things they, they just gave me so much pride of the fact that I looked at them and thought well it, it couldn't have been done any better in my mind because I just <laughs> gave everything no not in a it's not any ego but just in the fact that I gave everything and more to, to achieve that, you know, I, I just wouldn't be content. And I know Tim wouldn't have included anything that wasn't right anyway, but, you know, your dedication, um, you, you would just do it because it was everything to you. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, just when I look at the different cuttings and have those memories, and because the fact Michael's doing the flash and Batgirl and there's so much going on. It's just, 
and just reaching out and, and having this fantastic contact with Sean, you know, and, and both yourselves. Um, it's really enriched my life so much more because it's, yeah. it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? When, when people come together and have this shared love, uh, it, it's, it's just priceless. So, Carl, uh, right now we're right in the middle of a, a new Batman being in the limelight, but after all of these years, all of the the new portrayals of Batman that have come and gone, everything else that's the, the actors, the movies, everything that Hollywood has done over the years, what is it like? How does it feel for you to to see that the one that you were such a big part of is the one that withstands the test of time so much and lasts throughout the years, even to the point where that actor is coming back as the character right now uh, because every, the, the studios know how popular he still is. It's so incredible. It really is. It is it's, it's just shown us, hasn't it, that, that he's got so much appeal uh, and he's a great, he's a terrific actor. He's, he's a lovely person. Um, he's, he's just in so much more as well. I, I noticed when I was looking at the trailers that uh, there's other movies coming up as well with Michael in. So it just shows yeah. what it's done. Here's it's uh, regard. Here's a photo really quickly of me at three years old with uh, the cowl and the cape on. <laughs> I uh, love it. That was me running you look around. The same. <laughs> and then this one is—I think I'm about five, but I have um, the Michael Keaton poster in in my uh, room. Uh, so this is this is a promo shot, and there's there's me on my bed, and then Keaton in the poster there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I look. I look. That's pretty much the exact same person in this photo right here. But yeah. that's that's your impact, Carl. I, I was oh, I was boy. running around uh, mimicking your movements. <laughs> I mean, there's some shots I see, and perhaps Sean will know, but I've, I've even said to, to Vin, is this me or Michael? And, and you know, the jury's still out in, in some ways. Um, Can I ask you the scene? Um, the, the, you mentioned when, he's, when you're coming down, you know, coming down gently is you. Uh, when, when he's holding the, the kind of the rods out, when the crooks are scared and the cards go flying and the cape opens and it's the first, is that you or is that Michael? Well, it's me where um, I have the cape out and then I'm sort of flying, but I, I think he, he brings his, the cape up and then is that just before he kicks? Yes. Does a, sort of a, yes. That's, that's Michael there. Okay. That's Michael there. Yes. Okay. So when, yeah, the, when the, when the, when the bad guy or the, the, the two thugs on the roof shoot at Batman and he takes the bullet hits, is that you or is that Sean? No, that's not me. Um, that I'm sure is Sean. Yes. Okay. So that was Sean. So but there was yes. Good. This is an example of why there will never be a movie like '89 because they are there's now three or four different individuals in the one scene perfecting that performance. Yes, Just... <laughs> and it, it was necessary because yeah. I. I, I I'd said this to a number of people to to be able to move in that costume well, um, even as as a dancer, it, it it just took a lot because it was very cumbersome. I mean, it, it, it was brilliant in its own right, of course it was, and we love it. But 
you know, it's no disrespect to to any of them. It, it, it was just, it, it took more work to make it look right. And, and that was, was a great thing as well, because it challenged you more. And that, that can't be a bad thing. Yeah, the, uh, the, the one that I think is the closest to is, uh, and I think, you know, we're fans of this one as well. The Ben Affleck version, he had a stunt, um, a stunt man um, named Richard Citrone, who's absolutely phenomenal. And um, the stuff that he put on film and the way uh, he created some of the scenes, is, it's, it's the, that's an example of how they took someone who is a perfect specimen of a man and uh, a martial artist who trained with uh, Brandon Lee and um, they gave him multiple sequences because they wanted that performance. They needed an extra, you know, an extra experience. Yeah, they needed it. And, and you could see how it sings on the screen yeah. when you do that. And uh, that's the closest I think I've seen to, to, to anything. Well, like to that. mimic what you said, uh, Tom, a lot of times uh, the actor has to perform in it, uh, but they need an actor or they need a performer to actually make the suit perform. Mm -hmm. and I mean, like most, you know, like, like uh, if we're going to talk about Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, they're, they're, they're good at, you know, uh, acting, but uh, yes. the physical side of it is, I mean, they're not hired for that. You know what I mean? No. So no. they need someone who can uh, make the suit work, you know, or believably, you know what I yes. mean? Um, because, I've actually, uh, like, like I said, I've actually had one of the 89 suits here. And even though it wasn't sort of, I just sort of loosely put everything on. Holy shit. Was that, was that foam latex really thick? It was, yes, thick. It really was. The back of the cowl. It was yes. like, like that much foam. The front of the neck was very thin. Cause the one I had sort of like had a little bit of a tear right here, but, um, so, you know, you, you have no, you have no choice, but to sort of, uh, yes. Figure out a way to move your head without moving your head. Yes. Yes. I, mean, I think um, there are things where you feel if if you're given the time as well, you know, where you do. I think I've seen something. Is it in Batman Returns where he does a, a forward roll? It sort of rolls on the floor. But yeah, I, I think um, if. If there was more time, in a sense, and maybe if I'd gone in earlier, I could have expanded certain things. As I said, I, I, I wish I could have done more of the running, because I know when Michael's running, that this sort of cape almost sort of bounced a bit more with the rods. But yes, with that with that neck thing, Sean, if when that was pulled down and glued onto the cape, as, as you would realise, it, it made it... Like almost like a straight jacket, you know, it just made it very rigid. But what you would do as as I would do is I would be doing movements and things and, and making it as fluid as I possibly could. You know, and it, it 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 wasn't it wasn't easy, but but then I was determined to make it look fluid and agile. And um yeah, I I think, you know, with, with the martial arts guys and you know you can have really all-rounders and generally they're fantastic but it, it was interesting that dave lee could do the fighting but then even he couldn't walk or move quite as fluid in, in mm -hmm. some ways as perhaps what i could do you know and I, it, it's just different 
elements and skill sets that, that we can have. And, and yeah, it was interesting that three were required to make that movie, two initially, and then with Dave coming in as a third. It just needed that to make that movie what it was. Yeah. It's a shame because I think the, the, the fluidity, the grace, those movements now are done primarily by VFX. And yes, uh, so they, you know, so it, that's another reason why it's like, that's an actual person making those movements in 89. And you, and it's so obviously beautiful looking because it's a person, it's, it's, a, it's an actual person in the suit. Whereas like a lot of the stuff in the newer, any, any newer superhero film, it seems like any of those graceful, subtle things are done computer uh, animated, but. Um, well, they don't even use capes anymore. Yeah, it's pretty all... much. No, they don't, do they? No. Only no, for standing because... shots. Anything that has action, it's digitally added. Man. Right. Yes. Yeah. Did you like the cape in, in the, <clears throat> the costume in the new one, Sean? No. Nope. I did not. No. I don't <laughs> no. remember. No, I don't no. remember anything about it. With the color and, and the fact that. Um, I, I, I will say that uh, I feel like. For what they were going for, I feel like it fit their their narrative. But I like, I I prefer um, a different look. That yes, is, that is my preference. Yeah. Um, it's a whole I, other I really episode. love. I really like like everybody always asks me too. They're like, "Hey, you're a big Keaton guy. So, which suit do you like better?" It's always eighty nine. Like like I I like that one for one. Uh, like I, I've spoken to Vin. Uh, a lot. I've never actually met her in person, but I've spoken to her online for years, and I always try not to bother her too much because <laughs> I feel like if I was ever in a room with Vin Burnham or Bob Greenwood, I, I would make them hate me because I would just <laughs> so many questions. Um, and uh, but one of the th but she's been very very sweet, like so she's nice. Lovely. Um, yes. and you know it when. In fact, uh, like, uh, like I, I know she still has sort of master copies of that first suit um, in her mother's barn that she told me. Uh, so when uh, Warner Brothers was looking to sort of like have their have their suits sort of remodeled, uh, sort of like refinished um, or uh, or fixed up, I, I, I told you know the shop that was sort of like hired to perform the task. I was like, hey, I know where the masters are. You should you should talk to Ben. Uh, he still has them. So uh, getting to see those original masters was like, I mean, as, as a costume nerd, I'm like, because I've never seen them. Uh, no. So I got a chance to see those. Um, she's very nice with advice on stuff because the suit that I did have, it, you know, it, it wasn't in it wasn't in bad shape, but it, it needed some TLC. It needed a little bit of a needed a little bit of work. So having her yeah. sort of be able to, I mean, from afar, be like, well. To my memory, it was this. So, to, uh, having her notes and uh, and and her in in her sort of like obvious expertise in the suit uh, really helped me sort of like navigate certain areas that I that like filling in the blanks. Um, yes. If you will. So she's been super super awesome. Uh, Tom, you got to get her on here. You got you well, got to get Vin on here. Well, I've connected with her as well, Sean. Would you believe again? You know through. If you like yourself, I mean, it's just led this wonderful catalyst and open more doors, more conversations, because you can lose contact with people, and it's, mm. it's just been great to be back, back with Vin again, chatting yeah. with her, and wonderful lady, really incredible. 
Yeah, she's super awesome. Uh, I've never I've never had the chance to speak with um with Bob uh, Ringwood yet. Uh, I, I will someday. Um, Tuck him down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there's um like uh, there's a couple of people I know out here that kind of have ties to Tim uh, Burton, but I'm really reluctant to kind of dip my toe in those waters because. I, I hear, you know, he's sort of like, yeah, he likes his privacy and stuff. And um, yes. I know that the experience for him on the first Batman movie was sort of, that was his first sort of big movie. So it was a lot of pressure. Yes. I don't know how fondly he will want to revisit those stories. Um, if I start bugging him too much, be like, hey, Tim, remember when you were shooting this? <laughs> you know, I don't know how much he'd want to go there, but... um. I, I if you could test the water in some way, just gently and see. If oh yeah, was yeah. I would. Uh, well, I I often feel like he's just going to be brought back into the limelight anyway because Michael is coming back as Batman. So any yes. it, when they start doing promotions for that, uh, you know, people are going to be let's see what Tim Burton's doing, you know, or uh, try to get him on the record for some kind of quote or whatever. So uh, I, I'm I'm wondering if the people who represent Tim are like. Brace yourself. There's going to be, you know, there's, there's going to be phone the calls. Way. You want to hear about like what happened or or, or want some stories? Um, but uh, I, like I, I just can't believe he's coming back as Batman. Not only that, but they're putting him in a suit. Like yes. I, I, I still can't believe that's happening. But uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Me too. I just show the power, doesn't it, of all this? And um, yeah. Oh. I think it's incredible. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to talk about getting you a bat suit again. Like, would oh, you wear wow. a bat suit again? Would you would you put the suit on again? Of course, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All I need to hear. Yeah, Beautiful. Cool but but, uh, no. but it, it's it's been awesome talking to you. Like, we and got we got to do a part two. We got to do another. Oh one. yeah, we'll have to. We've got. We've got There's to. too many Definitely. stories, <laughs> and we, we want to respect your time as well, too, Carl. So maybe we'll uh we'll put a pin in it here, and then. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get back with you, and we're gonna we got to do it part two. Do for a part sure. two. Yeah, I'm up for that. That sounds fantastic. Has to be done. It really it's, it's well, thank you play. so much, gentlemen. This was an absolute pleasure. I know the listeners are gonna love it. Uh, <laughs> this is a golden nugget that that you gave us both, and we really do appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure and a thrill, and, and thank you all so much for for arranging this. I really am uh, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. It's you, quite sir. an honor. Thank you very much. Take care, everyone. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye now. Bye.